Are you ready to make a real difference in the world and especially to the people around you? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, where we celebrate the road less traveled in business, leadership, and life. We welcome you to another conversation that we believe will provide you with the insight and inspiration you need on your journey. Here's your host, Kevin Monroe. Welcome to episode 138 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. You know me, I'm your host, Kevin Monroe, and what a joy it is to welcome you. Whether you are returning as a regular or whether this is your very first time listening, I am thrilled you're here. I am so grateful that you are tuning in today. We've got a fun conversation for you. It's with a new friend, Michelle Prince. Now, she's a new friend, but we have some mutual friends in common. And when I found out that Michelle is friends of Tom Ziegler, who was with us in episode 43, and Mark Tim, who was my very first guest ever on this podcast back in episode four, when I found out she was in such good company as them, And then I also found out that Michelle is a, what I call a purveyor of purpose, someone who is so wired similarly to so many of us here, that she's a person of passion, of purpose, and a difference maker. It was easy to invite her to the show. So I'm excited to welcome Michelle Prince. Join us for this conversation. Hey, what a joy it is to welcome Michelle Prince to the Higher Purpose Podcast today. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much, Kevin. I'm excited to be here. Oh, and I'm excited to have you. So, Michelle, we are longtime friends now. We met a couple of days ago. (laughs) (laughs) We go way back. (laughs) back. But we found we have so much in common, and I'm excited to welcome you to the podcast today. And I know this first question is no surprise to you because you live this life as well. So what is something you're grateful for in this moment as we're connecting today? Oh my goodness. There's so many things. I am, goodness, I am blessed in so many ways and not just professionally, but personally, I'm grateful for my husband of 23 years and I have two amazing boys that just light up my life. They're 20 and 17. I'm grateful that we have this opportunity and just how business has evolved, that we can share our thoughts and ideas and inspire people through podcasts and through different technologies. So I could go on all day because I truly try to have that grateful focus as much as possible because it just makes every day better. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. It makes every day better. And so I'm just going to ask, I'm going to lean in a little different, a little more on that. It makes every day better, even in times like we're living in now, where the uncertainty for so many has increased, and so many people are surrounded by fear, panic, and paranoia. So Absolutely. How does gratitude help you in times where there's increased uncertainty? Well, I'm there now in, in different ways and personal things, and but I just look at it as a choice. Because gratitude just makes you focus on what you do have and not what you don't have. And when you focus on what you don't have, that's just a lack mindset. And I don't know, there's just no abundance in that. (laughs) And I just see life that it is a choice. Now, if you were to look at my entire life and put it on paper, is it all perfect? Absolutely not. Do I have struggles, things just like everyone else? For sure. 
is there a lot going on in the world right now that's uncertain? For sure. But I feel like there's just more good than bad in most cases, but you have to look for it. It's kind of like the story of a gold miner. You know, if a gold miner, what do they do when they go in to mine? I mean, there's just dirt everywhere, but they're going in to look for that little speck of gold. If they went in to look for dirt, they'd sure find it. But if you just change your perspective and try to find the gold in the situation, and if you try, you will find it. But if you're looking for dirt, you're going to find that even more. (laughs) Well, that's so good, Michelle. It reminds me of a quotation from Anais Nin. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. So what we are looking for determines what we find. And in times of uncertainty and just craziness around us, it's easy to see craziness and to adopt the insanity of the people around you. Mm-hmm. Or you can still be at peace and you can still find, like you say, these specks of gold and have a presence that permeates others around us as well. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Is there something we ought to know about you that creates a background for this conversation that we're sharing today? Sure. So my life has had an interesting journey (laughs) and not all smooth, but I started my career working for Zig Ziglar and that really had a huge impact on me. So a lot of what I believe and teach is based on a lot that I learned from him. I got to back you up there because I don't believe that's actually true. I believe your career took off when you started working for Zig Ziglar, but there's a little backstory that I believe ought to be told. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Kevin. Well, okay. So I met Zig at 18 when I just graduated high school and my parents thought it would be this great idea to send me to his seminar for my graduation gift. And needless to say, I was not thrilled. So I'm 18 years old and I go to Born to Win, which is his big three-day event. And I went kicking and screaming. I did not want to go, but my parents knew what they were doing because that event changed my life. It was just the realization of purpose, realization of gifts and talents and goals and all of these things to live a successful life. I was learning at such an early age, but I also discovered my passion. I didn't even know there was a word for it, but I loved all of it. Like I loved all the personal development parts. And at the end of the seminar, I did walk up to Zig and very confidently said to him, I'm going to work for you one day. You just wait and see. And 18. But In that instant, I knew, I couldn't explain it other than I just knew that I knew that I knew that some way, somehow I would be associated with him to make a difference in this world. And I couldn't explain it other than that. And it was almost five years to the day that I began working at his company. Okay. And how was it you stumbled back into the Zig Ziglar company? Well, that's a funny story too. (laughs) That is a funny story. Yeah. So when I graduated college, it was hard to find a job. And the one thing I didn't want to do was sales. And I was pretty adamant about that, but that was all I could find. So I took a job selling copiers and I hated it. I hate to say that, but it was miserable. And one day I was cold calling and back then cold calling, we had to go business building to building to sell these copiers. Yeah. Knocking on doors. Exactly. And my territory that I was sent out to that day was in Carrollton, Texas. And I walked up to this business park area And at the top of the building said the Zig Ziglar Corporation. 
And I literally about fell over because five years ago, I said I was going to work for him. But I'll be honest, I went from that seminar to college and I'd forgotten about that whole thing until I saw that name on the building. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. I'm supposed to work here. And I ran inside and it's a funny longer story, but basically I typed up my very first resume and it had six months copy of sales experience. And I submitted it and I got an interview and I got the job. And it was just one of those things where it was like, there was no other way to explain how that happened because six months in copier sales does not land you a job at Ziegler. But our minds are so powerful that when you set your mind to something, you know, 18, I was pretty clear what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for Zig. I wanted to motivate, inspire, and encourage. And our minds are like computers. You know, you can't help but go in the direction of your thoughts, even if you don't always think about it every day. So I don't know, just so many serendipitous things happened for me to get there. And it was truly just such an honor. Okay. So you were back at the point where your career took off. I just wanted you to share that it just didn't happen that rosily. There, there was this really <laughs> tough time, you know, of doing hard time in cold call sales, but that led its way into this so I want you to pick up your story, but I have another question after you share this part of the story. But since sure. I interrupted you, I want to come back to that. Michelle. Okay, well, sure. Well, and because it wasn't all rosy. So I did work for Zig for about three and a half years and it was amazing. I loved it. It was my passion. But then I was recruited into software sales or into technology sales, which eventually led to software sales. And I left Ziggler. I quit actually to go pursue more money. It was the dot-com boom. And I wanted to climb a corporate ladder, all those things I thought that would make me so happy. I did it, but it made me miserable. And so I literally was in the real corporate America for the next 13 years. And I lost my light. I lost my passion. And I was quote unquote successful, but not fulfilled. And so that was a really dark period for me because at that point I had already, I got married. I started having kids. I was traveling all the time, doing something that didn't, in my mind, make a difference in the way I wanted to make a difference. And so it was hard. But then I really just started to think like, okay, if I could do anything, what would I do? And I kept coming back to those three words, actually, motivate, inspire, and encourage. But I didn't know how to get there. But that is what really motivated me to dig deep into myself to figure that out. And that's really when I started to write and I wrote my first book and that led to some more. And, but it was not all rosy getting there for sure. Okay. I want to ask you to unpack something because I've been in a conversation with a friend just over the last week of something that I had shared with him. And it was one of these things I wrote over a year ago as an aspiration. At the time, I wrote it as an aspiration, and I remember, I mean, it was Valentine's Day 2019 at 3.20 a.m. I just happened to be up at 3.20 in the morning, or 3 a.m., and at 3.20, this thought hit me. It was so big that it just kind of scared me, Michelle. I didn't know, but I felt compelled to record it, and I wrote it down as an aspiration. I had no idea how to fulfill it, and then just kind of forgot about it, and Five months later, I'm doing something. And in that moment, I had the realization, wait a minute, this is that aspiration coming to life. 
Wow. Right. But it was subconscious. So you had this thought you had expressed five years before. And then one day, just serendipitously, which is another one of my favorite words. And folks that have been listening to the podcast know we've referenced serendipity in the last three or four episodes. So I loved it that you mentioned it today. Serendipitously, you find yourself cold calling Zig Ziglar's company. Talk about that. I mean, in other times that you have seen that you had this aspiration, because I think there are times we think, oh, we have to figure out the plan. Mm-hmm. And that there are times, hey, folks, just be clear about your aspirations, your desires, and let them take over and manifest. So what would you say to that, Michelle? Absolutely. So there's an analogy that I use when I think about this, and it's a GPS. Most of us have now GPSs in our car, or if you don't have one, you know what it is. If you're listening, you probably have one in your car. So what do we do with a GPS? You program in point A, which is where you are, and then program in point B, which is where you want to end up. And most of the time, we don't normally care what road we end up on as long as we get where we're going on time, right? <laughs> well, I feel like that's how our mind and our subconscious works. I mean, when you program in that point B, you may go a totally different direction. You may have all kinds of potholes along the way, but some way, somehow you're going to end up where you programmed in where you want to go. And that's why it's so important for folks to be very clear on what are they telling themselves? Because the opposite is true too. If you don't want something so badly, but that's all you can think about, you know, I don't want to lose my house. I don't want to get a divorce or I don't want to do this or I don't want to do this. Bad things that you don't want to have happen. If that's all you're focused on, your subconscious can't help but go in that direction too. So I am a big believer in first getting clarity on what it is you really want in life and then positively affirming where you want to go. And, you know, does it always happen? No. In our cases, yes. And does it happen more often than people talk about? I do believe so. And it doesn't prevent difficulties on the journey. No, not at all. (laughs) Coming up on a detour or bridge out or even being involved in an accident, but you just get back on track. It's the process I call navigating north right? We know what our true north is. You don't have to go back to square one. You just, from where you are, you reset your coordinates and keep navigating north. That's right. And sometimes though, you have to go through some bad, at least in my case, I had to go through some difficult times in order for me to be the person I am today. I say it all the time when I'm out speaking, had I not quit Ziegler and gone into corporate America and been so miserable for so long and lost my spark I I wouldn't be standing here speaking to you today. So sometimes you have to take that detour in order to get where you're ultimately supposed to be. And again, that goes back to gratitude. Gratitude doesn't mean that everything is great. Gratitude just means you choose to focus on what is good at the moment. Oh, now that's a tweetable line there. Gratitude doesn't mean everything is great. It means you focus on what is good. I love that, Michelle. All right, so I want to ask you when Did you realize or awaken to the fact that one of your great joys is making a difference for others? When did you discover that? And I'm curious, I'll wait. Oh, goodness. So when I was in those years in corporate America and and really unhappy, what was starting to happen is, is I lost a lot of confidence in myself and belief in myself. And truthfully, I knew in my heart of hearts I was supposed to write a book. But all these negative thoughts would creep in. Like, who do you think you are? Who cares about your story? You're no Zig Ziglar. 
And so that stopped me in my tracks for a very, very long time. But it was in 2008, I was at an event and I was only there to support a friend, but I heard something that just resonated with me. And I immediately had an aha moment where kind of like the aha I had at 18, I had this aha moment where you see for years, I kept saying, not me, not me, not me. In an instant, I just said, well, wait, why not me? Why not me? Because I have a heart to help people. I have a story. It's not a great story, but if it impacted one person, isn't it worth telling? And so that's when I made the decision. I'm going to write my book, my first book, Winning in Life Now. And I wrote it with the intention of no one ever reading it except for my kids, my husband, maybe my parents. You know, it was my legacy book. I just wanted to put my story on paper, you know, like the funny Zig story and all that. And so I did. And Zig wrote the forward, which I was so incredibly blessed to have him do. And I didn't tell soul. <laughs> I literally had a book. I published it and I held it in my hands and I didn't tell anybody. Wow. And somebody challenged me, actually, somebody, a speaker in the industry that I had a conversation with. And I told her about what I had done and I hadn't told anybody because I was being still kind of insecure about it. And she said, you know, you talk about wanting to make a difference, but you can't make a difference if you don't share your story. And in that moment, I said, you're absolutely right. That was 2009. I immediately went back online and on Facebook said, okay, if anybody's been curious what I've been up to the last couple of months, I wrote a book. If anyone wants to buy it, people started buying the book. People started calling me. It gradually happened. It felt like overnight, Hmm. people were asking me to speak and to coach and to do all kinds of things. And I think if that aha didn't hit me in 2008, that well, maybe I do have something to say. But it does go back to making a difference, sharing your story. All it is is serving people. That's all it is. And for me, I felt like it was all about me. But the truth is your story is not about you. It's about somebody else and the benefit you can provide to them. So that was a long answer to your short question. but That's okay. There are two or three things I want to go back and revisit. So I'm just kind of processing the order in which I want to do that. I want to ask you what you said. You can't make a difference if you don't share your story. Okay, I'm going to tie that with another comment that you made. And it's funny, you and I were talking before we hit record, how many similarities there are that we've experienced in our journeys. And Michelle, I remember one of these vividly for me. So the default response question I had to when amazing opportunities came into my life for the first way too many years of my life was always, who am I? Who am I? Well, who am I to do that? Who am I to write that book? Who am I to take that opportunity? And I remember, I was telling a friend earlier this week, I think this May, it will be seven or eight years that I switched that default question. Now, there's still sometimes the strong default wants to go back to who am I? But I started, why not me? Mm. I'm the one they invited. I'm the one they ask. Obviously, there's some reason they want to work with me. Why should I disqualify myself? Mm-hmm. So out of that, I know there's some people, because I know you listening. Some of you, you know, I know you by name. I'm not going to call your name, but we've had conversations. When you hear Michelle say, you can't make a difference unless you tell your story, you go, well, that's for Michelle, mm-hmm. but not my story. My story is too insignificant. My story is too unimportant. I don't believe you believe that, Michelle. I think you believe everybody's story is significant. So speak into wherever you want to jump into that flow. Well, I will say for those of you who are thinking that, 
just know you're not alone. I mean, that is exactly how I felt for a long, long time. I knew I was created for more. I knew there was something inside of me. I mean, there's something inside all of us, but there was a little bit of that. Yeah, but, but who am I? Who am I? And what's so profound to me now on the other end of it. So that was in 2008. And now here we are all these years later, I think, gosh, what if I didn't do that? Like, what if I didn't shift my mental junk and step and stayed where I was? All of the people that I've helped over the years, I just think about that, that you never know the power of your story. And we learn through stories. And the reason our stories are important, again, it's not about you or me. It's about what your story can do. I have, I'm very visual. So I kind of picture everybody going through life, right? We're all walking on the same journey. We're walking down this road. And some of us are just a step or two in front of somebody else. Well, wouldn't you want, and you just hit a pothole or you just struck your foot on something. Wouldn't you want to turn around and say, Hey, just so you know, (laughs) here's some ways that you can avoid what I just went through. That's why your story is powerful. It gives hope. It gives inspiration. It instructs people and it just helps them to maybe not have to go through what you went through. And I will say this, I have a publishing company and I see a lot of stories and most of our stories aren't that great. Our story isn't just what we loved about our story. Our story is also things that we've gone through that maybe we didn't want to go through. But again, it's how can you use your story? You don't have to tell all the detail, but how can you use your story? to help somebody else. I mean, that's really all your story is for, is to help. Like I said, it's a gift and gifts are meant to be given away. Hmm. Hmm. So how do you help somebody find the gold, going back to that metaphor, in their story? Mm. Because all they see is the grime. Yes. So this is one of my favorite things to do. I do a book writing event. So most people, when they come, they think they're coming to write a book. But what they find when they get there is we don't start there. We start inside. We start right here or right up here in our heads and our hearts and really figuring out, well, who are you? Because your story is just who you are. But it starts with, first of all, what's holding you back? I told you I had negative beliefs. Sounds like you kind of had that for a little bit too. But it could be fear. It could be procrastination. So it's identifying what's holding you back. But then digging deep into, well, who are you really? And so we look at your passions and I'm a big believer that we all have a purpose, right? We're here for a purpose. I believe that. I know that. And I happen to believe that passion is just a clue to your purpose. Mm. I mean, think about that. If you have a purpose, if we've been put here on earth for some reason, I just happen to think whoever gave us that purpose is not going to give you something that you hate. Right. (laughs) So purposes and passion, they go hand in hand. And so that's usually where we start to help people figure out their story is what lights you up? What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? What are you doing when you're just in your flow, right? You're just happy. And then we look at experiences too, but it's that combination and intersection of passion and experience that really shows somebody their story and not necessarily just for a book. Our stories can be used in so many ways over a cup of coffee with a friend over a podcast, in a book, on a stage. There's so many ways to use our stories to help other people. In that, most people, their story has some measure of pain, some way more than others. How do you help people understand that their pain, if they will deal with their pain, not only will they find healing for their pain, but they can help others 
find healing for similar pains. How do you do that, Michelle? Well, and some of these exercises. So everybody has experiences and we have experiences that were painful, some worse than others, like you said. If there is not a connection between your pain and the passion to help others in that same pain, that might not be a great book idea or topic because you have to have the passion behind it to want to help others in that same place. That what I find though, and most people who have been through something traumatic, whether it be divorce or abuse or bankruptcy or something, they went through it, it was horrible, but now they have a heart and a passion to help others going through it, other women in a bad situation or what have you. So when those two things come together, it is healing. I will say though, sometimes writing out your story or getting your story out of your head is like pulling off a Band-Aid because you have to relive it a little and it hurts at first, but then there's relief. And I've had, oh, I'm so incredibly grateful for the people that I've encountered through the years that have just shown me grace. I mean, people who've gone through horrific things Mm -hmm. and yet they are willing to share that painful story just for the benefit of someone else. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody has that and not every story has to be told, right? But if you have a heart and a passion for what you went through and you want to help someone else not go through what you went through, then that's when you share those painful things. If you don't, then some things don't need to be shared. It really just depends. So I was trying to think who to attribute this to and I can't come up with that in the moment. But I had a friend that relayed that it's really helpful when we can tell our stories of pain from our scars and not our wounds, right? When there's Mm -hmm. been enough time and distance that there's healing and we're not picking at a scab, but there's actually a scar there now. And we're able to talk about it in a different way. And it's not reliving the pain, drama, and trauma every time you tell your story. I'm so glad you said that because there does need to be healing first. We had a woman come to one of our seminars and she had just lost her son. I mean, like a month or two before. And she was coming because she wanted to share her story. She wanted to learn how to put it into a book, but it was too soon. It was too soon and too painful. And so now can you start thinking about it? Can you start journaling? I highly recommend that, talking to folks, counseling. But sometimes the story's not ready to be shared quite yet. But nonetheless, it's processing. (laughs) Okay, I've got a question for you. I'm really curious. How did you discover your passion and your purpose to not only write, but to help others write as well? What was that journey? So it's hilarious because if you would have told me 15 years ago, I was helping people to write books, I would have laughed because I was not a good writer. I was not a great student in high school. But what happened, again, I don't believe in coincidence. So it was just kind of meant to be because I never sat down with this grand plan to build a business, to build a publishing company, never in a million years. But what happened was, so after I wrote my book, I told you people started to buy it and then people started to read it and then call me and I'd get calls to come and speak. And I was so grateful for that because I love to speak and I love to meet people. So what would happen after I would speak, people would come and talk to me and I'd always get two questions. First of all, people, those who knew Zig Ziglar were always fascinated that I worked for him. They want to know what was he really like? Was he really as good as he appeared? And I'd say, actually, he was better. (laughs) 
But the second question was, or comment was, oh, I want to write a book. I don't know what to do. And literally, sometimes it would just be me talking after a speaking engagement, or I'd get on a phone call afterwards, and I'd just tell them everything I knew. I'm like, look, this is not rocket science. If I can do this, you can do this. And that literally just started as just my heart wanting to help folks get it going to, before long, I had so many people asking, and I'd say, y'all, just get on a webinar, because I can't talk to you all one-on-one. And then that led into my first bookbound event was 10 years ago, and I've been doing it ever since. And at first it was, no, let me just tell you what you need to do in order to publish a book. You can self-publish your own book. And what I found was many people wanted to have a book, but they weren't willing to do the work to self-publish. So that's why we help both. Either we can publish it for you or we can teach you how to do it. But I wish I could tell you, Kevin, I had this business plan and... (laughs) You know, all mapped out. No, it was just, I can help you. I can help you. I've done this. I have people. I have resources. I have editors. I've So it just evolved. And now, obviously, we've been doing this a long time now. But it's not about a book. It's not a book. It is a means to an end, per se, when they publish with us. It's who you become by writing a book. That is what's so incredible. You become a different person because you see for maybe the first time everything you have within you that is so awesome. And now you're just going to share it with people. Okay. I want to go two directions with that. So I'm going to put a pin there and say, first off, tell me what's some of the greatest joys you've experienced in helping people that wanted to share their story, but didn't think they could or didn't know how. And then you were able to come alongside them and just help them. I'm sure there are multiple, right? I see you. Well, which ones? There's so many, but what are some of the ones that just light you up? I remember there's hundreds and hundreds, especially those who've been to the event, because that's what happens. It's transformation. I love that look on their face where they're like, oh my gosh, I do have something to say. One in particular, and I certainly won't share his name, was very painful. He came to me because he wanted to write a book to build his business. And so we were going to do like a business card book for him. And through some exercises and questions and consulting and all, he shared with me that he had been through something really horrific as a child, horrific abuse that was not right. And this was a big burly man and with a big business. And his life changed dramatically just by talking about it, like just getting it out in the open that he decided he was actually in one of our multi-author compilation books that he shared his story of the molestation. And it was shocking to his community, to his family, to everybody, but it changed him as a man. And, and it changed the way people saw him. And he was like, Michelle, you won't believe this. I'm getting more business because of sharing this story of what I went through than I probably would have if I shared about my business in a book. And it's because people want to know you. We work with people we know, like, and trust. And so that was just one where, you know, it was life changed. (laughs) Okay. I think I have a feel for you and your approach. And I'm just going to go with this one. I think you help people write books out of purpose and passion more than out of ego right? It's not just so, and it doesn't even matter whether you become a best-selling author or not. What is it that you see that transformation you were talking about in people? What does that do to somebody? Oh, and you can tell because you can see me. I got emotional even thinking about that story. Um, 
ultimately what a book is or what your story is, it is nothing to do with a book. (laughs) You help people find their purpose. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. I feel like that's what I'm doing too, because it's so many people and some I know they're still here. They go their entire life and they don't see how awesome they are, or they don't see that they have anything to share. They don't see that they're special in any way. And I think I resonate with that because I felt that way for so many years, you know, and I share when I was younger, I had low self-esteem and I, again, just like, who am I, who am I to do this? And, but the freedom that comes when you just see for the first time what's there. And by the way, you didn't do anything to become that great. You were just born that way, or at least that's how I see it. We were born with these seeds of greatness. And if you think of a packet of seeds, if you don't open the seeds and plant them and nurture them, what good are they? Right. And so many people go through their life not seeing that. So for me, it just happens to be that I help people with books, but it's much bigger than that. It's I help people to see what's already been in there and help them to shine, help them to shine their light. I mean, that is what we're called to do. But when we're stuck in the junk of this mind stuff and negative beliefs, it's, it's really hard to get past it. So yeah. And that's what I love. I mean, whether you write a book or not, doesn't matter to me, right? I hope you do if you really want to help more people. But at the end of the day, I want to see people comfortable in their own skin. Hmm. Hmm. So in 2020, which is when we're recording this, is that easier for people to do? or harder for people to do, be comfortable in their own skin? Oh, that's a great question. I thought you were going to ask, is it easier to do a book now? And I was going to say, yes. You know, that's an interesting question because we are such a social media society now where we're constantly putting our best face forward. I'm not posting on the days I'm having a really bad day. I'm not posting on the days when I'm a hot mess and (laughs) I'm not taking pictures of myself when my house is a disaster or something. So we are always putting this illusion of everyone being so successful and happy all the time, but that's not the case. So I feel like sometimes it's harder for people to step out and be the real authentic, be their real authentic self. Versus I think it's really easy for everyone to put the perfect side of themselves out there. I mean, that's how social media was designed. But I will say, I meet people, and I know you do too. Most people that I meet, people ultimately want to help. They want to make a difference. They want to know that their life had purpose. They want to be all that they secretly know they have within them. So I think people more and more are searching for that. And they're looking, they're listening to these types of podcasts because they know that there is something within them that is great. And they're wanting to do something about it. And I think it's less about ego. Like you were saying earlier, it's more about because they know that they're supposed to help other people. We're supposed to serve others, but can't really take care of others if you don't take care of yourself first. And so it's an internal process. I believe we all go through. Okay. So then I'll ask you the question you thought I was going to ask you. Is it (laughs) write a book now? Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, even when I wrote a book, that what was that 2009 things have changed so much there are so many increases in technology you don't have to go through a traditional publisher anymore and in fact you might not want to if you're a non-fiction author first-time author because you give up so much by doing that there's just so many ways to get to the end result that is just awesome and in fact people who don't take advantage of it you're missing out on an opportunity because now more than ever it's easy to get your story out there and to the masses in free ways. 
Okay, so we haven't talked about your book, and I just realized I wanted to pick it up because it is because of your book that we're actually talking. And you listening, you know that I have a two-pronged test before I talk to an author about their book. Number one, I read their book. Number two, I have full confidence in saying, I believe you would enjoy reading their book as well. And so Michelle offered to send me a book, and actually she sent me two, and I've read both of them, The Power of Authority, which is your brand new book. Yes. As well as Winning in Life Now. Which was the book I told you I wrote when I thought nobody would read it. <laughs> Keep that in mind as you're reading that. Like, oh. and I know people would be reading this. I might not have shared that story. <laughs> Just kidding. So quickly, tell us about the power of authority before we go. And because I do know, let me preface this. Everyone listening to this, every one of you has a story worth telling. Every one of you. You believe that, right, Michelle? I definitely do. Every one of you. Now, some of you actually want to write that story. This book will help you with that. So talk to us for those people that have a story that's worth telling and want to write it. What would the power of authority do for them? So the power of authority is really all about, we all have the ability to be the authority. We are the authority of our own life. And really the book title is a play on words. You can't spell authority without author. So in my opinion, becoming an author is one of the fastest, easiest ways to be seen as the authority in your niche, whatever that is. So even though that book might be written more for those who are either have a business, they want to build a business, they want to start a ministry, they want to do things to be, and they want to be seen and known as that go-to expert on that topic. That's really what it's for. But even if you don't write a book, you still have to claim the authority of your story. And there's just so many opportunities that come to those who shift their thinking in that and say, I do have something to share and I do have something that's going to help you personally or professionally. But it does walk you through, okay, so it's not rocket science. Like I said, what is the process? How do you figure out what you would write about? There's different reasons to write a book and there's different reasons. And based on those reasons, how you do it, but that anybody can, and everyone has a story without a doubt. Are you leveraging that story to either build a business, to help more people? And if not, that's what this book is all about. Awesome. So how do people find that book? Well, they can go to thepowerofauthority.com and download it, or you can get the physical copies of it. Or performancepublishinggroup.com also has more on there. Like I said, it's not, even if you're thinking, I don't know if I want to write a book, it's so much more. I walk people through a framework, not in the book, actually, it's kind of even beyond just that book, but the authority framework or the authority journey, that if you really do want to make a bigger impact in this world, it's a journey. It's a step-by-step journey. And it does start with figuring out your passions and getting clarity on what's holding you back and then documenting your story and all that. And so I'm passionate about helping people to see that they have everything within them right now to be the authority to make a difference in people's lives. Mm. Just got to do it. I love that for you, there's that connection between recognizing the authority you have and using that authority to make a difference and fulfill your purpose. That all of those are together for you. They totally are. 
And are there other perks from doing it? Absolutely. Do people want to work with the expert? So can it help your business for sure? We were created to make a difference, right? So it's just a book is just one of the easiest ways to touch more people. And instead of going on, you know, meeting folks one-on-one, going on coffee breaks or having lunches with folks with a book, now you have the ability to share what you're passionate about and what you know to more people. Now you're doing it one to many. A couple of questions before we go. One of these is, let's go back to people that may be in that in-between space that you know a couple of times in life you've been there, right? There was the in-between from college to working for Zig Ziglar. There was that longer period from being in the corporate world thinking that was the mountain to climb and really losing your spark, I think is the way you said it. And then rediscovering that spark. So those folks that whether it is through the journey they're on or through curveballs life's thrown at them that are this moment wondering if there's really hope for them. Mm. Oh, I can so relate. I've learned so many lessons through the years. And one thing I'll just say is it's a season. Everything in life is a season and there's good seasons and then there's not so good seasons, but just like winter, spring, summer, fall, the season will change, you know? And we talked about seeds a little bit, seeds of greatness. And I visualize when you're in that place where you don't know how you're going to pay off the debt, or you don't know how you're going to ever find a job that you love, or how you're going to build a business, or how you're going to make a difference. It's, it's almost like that seed, it's when we're buried under the ground, and it's so dark, and we can't see anything, but you're hopeful, but it's like, there's just no light at the end of the tunnel. Just know, just like a seed, they are there too. They have to get in the dirt in order to grow. And so everything you may be going through right now, it's all part of the season you're about to enter into. And for me, I can say that in hindsight, at the time I couldn't see it, but now I'm so grateful to know that everything that happens to you in life is a part of a bigger plan and that it's going to be okay. The seasons will change. The seasons will change. Michelle, is there something that's important for you to say to draw this conversation to a uh, fitting close and make a beautiful bow out of this conversation for you. You bet. So my, the first book when I wrote it was called Winning in Life. And then at the very end, right before I published it, I changed it to Winning in Life Now. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, it was just so clear to me. And it's clear to me now too. Life is short, right? We don't know how long we're all going to be here. And so life will never get less busy. It will never get less crazy. You may have a little more certainty, but then there'll be uncertainty in another area. What I want to say is don't wait. Don't wait till it's too late to make an impact. Don't die with your story inside is what I say to folks. But truly, it means that just do it. If not now, when? And you don't have to get it right to get it going. Just do one thing to get it going. Get moving and stay focused on helping others, but share your story. And for people that want to get in touch with you, either just to be in touch with you or to learn more about how you could help them share their story, where do we direct them? Well, the website is michelleprince.com, but email me or find me on social media. My email is support at michelleprince.com. And I'm on Facebook probably more than anything else. So find me there. I love to get to know people and whatever I can do to help you take that next leap with confidence and it's your time. Thank you for joining us. 
Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Michelle. I know I did. And I hope it has encouraged you or perhaps inspired you to embrace your story and to recognize that you have a story worthy of sharing. And your story will inspire and encourage someone else. Oh, I love it when guests like Michelle have a few tweetable and repeatable lines. So let me share a couple of those that are just resonating with me. You know, gratitude doesn't mean everything is great. Gratitude just means you choose to focus on what is good in the moment. I hope that sinks in or that you let it sink in. Not everything is great in my life, I assure you. However, I am incredibly grateful that there is always something good. And it's a beautiful reminder to focus on the good in life. I know that several of you are in those in-between zones that Michelle talked about. You've got hopes, dreams, and aspirations At the moment, it seems they are buried, lost, and forgotten. I hope you hear what Michelle said. They are not. You may be in a difficult season. Please remember this too shall pass and the season will change. And then Michelle and I found commonality around this default question that we both shared in the past. Who am I when an amazing opportunity knocks at your door? If you're one of those that, like us, have said, who am I? I hope you respond to this invitation to change your default question and begin asking, why not me? The opportunity's knocking at your door, not your next door neighbors. And then finally, I want to seize this opportunity that now, now is the time. Here's what Michelle said. You don't have to get it right to get going. Just do one thing to get it going. Get moving and stay focused on helping others. What a beautiful word of encouragement, especially now. There's so many people who are losing hope, losing their way, and we have an opportunity to do something now to help them. So, you know, you always have an open invitation to reach out and let me know, connect with me, let me know what's resonating with you from these conversations. You can do that by emailing kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com or you can call or text 678-744-5111. Until we connect again, And I hope it's sooner rather than later. Keep shining your light and love to illuminate the path forward for others on this road less traveled in business, leadership, and life. Thank you for being a difference maker. What could 10 days of gratitude do for you? Find out what hundreds of people have experienced and make a change that can last a lifetime at thegratitudechallenge.community because it's better when we do things together.